It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, is SGA growing frustrated with the Oklahoma City Thunder? What should you look into that athletic report? Plus, the OKC Blue start their season at home, and Usman Jang looks the part of a true NBA player with the Blue. And tonight's game against the Toronto Raptors is going to be a very pivotal one. We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online, your online sportbook experts. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder seeing the Blue go 1-1 one and one in their home openers. SGA seemingly growing frustrated by these reports, but let's 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 kind of look more into those reports than just take them at face value. Plus, we're going to talk about tonight's game against the Toronto Raptors and how important it will be. But again, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts for the best lines, odds, props, all that good stuff. Check them out today where the game starts, BetOnline. The Locked on Thunder podcast is a daily podcast, so thank you for making us your first listen every single morning whenever you're talking about Thunder basketball. The growing reports about SGA, it is frustrating to read them, right, as as fans or whatever of SGA and the Thunder because you know, on one hand, we have reports from SGA himself saying he's not frustrated. So whenever Sam Amick of The Athletic reports that an anonymous GM is saying that SGA might possibly be growing frustrated with losing and he likes Toronto. That's not really a report. That's not really saying anything, but yet for an entire day or two or three, uh, it will be the biggest talk in the NBA and it will, it'll, it'll be treated as though it is fact or as though it matters. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like he might could possibly be frustrated. I mean, yeah, they lost in double overtime Wednesday. I don't think any competitor wants to lose. I don't think that any um, professional basketball player would be happy after they lost in double overtime, but that does not mean that, that he wants to no longer play for the Thunder. And yeah, he likes Toronto. He likes Canada. He, he takes a lot of pride in where he's from. That is true as well. But you have to look more you know, deeply into these reports because we're not even three months removed from him saying out of his own mouth that he knows what he signed up for. And he's also a very smart individual who is being communicated with from the Thunder organization he knows that Chet Holmgren is sitting there waiting in the wings. It sucks he's not playing this year, but that is out of everyone's control. He knows that, you know, this team will 
have a pick this year that should bring in a really good player. They'll have the the assets via salary cap, via future first-round picks, to go make an an acquisition to boost this roster in the offseason in the summertime. And so you can just go two routes with this. Let's panic for a second, right? Let's say that this is true. Let's say that he is growing frustrated and uh, it's just all adding up on him. Okay, so what? What does he do? You don't trade a star like Shea, who has four years left on his contract. That that whole you know leverage point or player empowerment point didn't even work for Kevin Durant, who had four years left on his deal. They couldn't find the value for Kevin Durant, so what they do? They didn't trade him. You can't find the value for Kevin Durant, then you certainly cannot find the value for someone who is you know twenty three years old, twenty four years old, and is a rising star in this league and is and is locked into your team. Uh, on a max contract at 24 years old for the next four years. And if you do find that value, then okay, then the Thunder traded him for a a historic call whenever he didn't want to be here, which is, of course, better how the story with Kevin Durant ended where you get nothing whenever your star leaves. So either way, you know, the Thunder either get to keep SGA, watch him continue to develop into a star, build around him and build a really, really, really good team around SGA. And he is the face of a really, really good team, which I think that people don't give enough credence to. There's only 30 spots, right, to be the face of a franchise. Shea occupies one of the, one of 30. That's very slim pickings to to request a trade and still go be the man somewhere else and, and still be your organization. And even when requesting a trade, if a team can talk Kevin Durant down, they can talk SGA down for requesting a trade. So... In my opinion, you can just start to ignore these reports, especially whenever it's rival GMs think this. Because we're not even sure what questions were being asked to get this, like, prompted. They could have asked the rival GM. Sam could have said, hey, who do you think the next starter move is? Who do you think is the next big transactional piece in the NBA? And Sam could have said, ah, you know, might be SGA. You know, they're the Thunder losing again, and... um." You know, maybe he's getting tired of it. Could be Bradley Beal. Could be, but we've already heard about Bradley Beal. So why would you report it? We've already we've already heard the song and hits about Bradley Beal about Damian Lillard. So it could just be talking about what could be, and that's what exactly what this sounds like is. Well, they could grow frustrated with this in the next year or two. Well, guess what, folks? I mean, this isn't supposed to be happening in the next year or two. In the next year or two, the Thunder are supposed to have Chet Holmgren back. Supposed to have uh, a really good 2023 first round pick. It's supposed to be on their way. And the real reason why I am ignoring these reports is, one, what Shea himself has said and what Sam has said and what Mark has said, what everyone within this Thunder organization has said and anybody around this Thunder team has said. But also, if you apply the frustration to Shea, even though he does not want it and says he's not frustrated with this team and says, when I'm frustrated, you'll know. If he was so frustrated and was so wanting a trade and was so wanting to get out of Oklahoma City, he would not be as locked in defensively as he has been this year. He would not be have trusting his teammates as much as he's this year because he has every right not to. If he wasn't playing top-notch defense this year, nobody would hold his feet to the fire about it because he is the best player, and best players typically don't play great defense. If he was not trusting his teammates this year, nobody would hold his feet to the fire because his teammates are shooting 19% from the floor. And so, yeah, you need to take over because you are the guy and you need to live and die by Shea and by his scoring ability. 
but he's still investing in the program. He's still investing in the organization. He's still investing in what the Thunder are doing. So I, I, I just, I think that this is just something that you have to live with, and you can't panic and freak out every time that somebody floats out this idea that Shea is frustrated. That's just the nature of the beast of having a really good player. Everybody wants him. Everybody wonders how they can get him. And they wonder what if it's the losing, which, you know, the Thunder are on a big losing streak right now, of course, but they're a week removed from everybody being over the moon about how they just beat the Clippers twice. So it's frustrating that it keeps happening, but at some point you as Thunder fans have to realize that you're more you're more plugged into what's happening in Oklahoma City. And I know it's Sam Amick and he put his name on it and he put it in the athletic as an anonymous GM set. That is not any need to worry. As we just laid out before, even if it's true, there's still a path where you don't trade him, even if it's true. And if you do trade him, that means that Sam Presti got a great haul for SGA. He can't, he's under country for four years. He can't just say, all right, trade me and you get nothing or you get a couple bad players and that's it. Or you get Fred Van Vliet and a second round pick. Like that. That's not how it's going to work. So either you get your timeline reset to where you get more guys that have eight, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years left on their contract, and of course, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine years left on their contract to match with SGA with with uh, I'm sorry, the match with Josh Giddy with seven after this year and Chet with eight after this season and et cetera down the line, or you have to keep SGA and continue to grow with him. So either way, like it, it's it's still all in the Thunder's court, so to say. So I just wouldn't worry about this or be concerned about this at all. Uh, first of all, there, there's not going to be a trade in season. Like it's, 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 it would be incredibly hard to trade SGA in season. So this is more of a talk for the summer. And in the summertime, yeah, you're going to you have to deal with these rumors and speculations ramping up again. But that's all that they are, it's rumors and speculation. Until SGA says he does not want to be in Oklahoma City, there's just no point to, there's just no point to even bring it up, really. Or until Shams or Woj says, hey, he's frustrated in Oklahoma City, he wants to get out of there. There's no point three in a play. If it's still just anonymous GM, anonymous scout, anonymous whatever, you're missing context from that. Like, trust me. You're missing context from those conversations. Those conversations oftentimes, they start out real strong. We ask a GM or a scout or whatever, hey, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of this situation? And they give you a real strong opinion, and they couch it with, but, you know, I don't really know. And, um, you know, I hope this isn't going out there on Twitter or anything. So, like, what can you do? Like, if you lop off that part of the conversation, you just end it with what he said that was, you know, extreme. Well, then you're missing a lot of context there, but you're still getting the interaction, still getting, um, you know, the, the the big hoopla about what happened. And I'm not saying that that's what Sam Amick is doing or whatever, but an anonymous GM saying he could possibly be frustrated, that's just speculatory. I mean, Duh. I think that LeBron James could possibly be frustrated with LA right now. Probably is, obviously. But all that stuff changes moment to moment. And I don't know that for a fact. I'm just guessing. It's just a plausible guess. But what we do know is that Shea hasn't appeared frustrated on the court, hasn't appeared frustrated after games, hasn't appeared frustrated on social media, and has not said publicly himself that he has any concerns about what's happening moving forward. In fact, he said the opposite. And in, in public, he said... He's excited about what the Thunder are doing moving forward, excited about what this team looks like, 
uh, for the future and what the plan is and, and what the Thunder have up their sleeves and all this other uh, warm, fuzzy feeling talk that SGA provides. So it's just, to me, I got a lot of questions about it yesterday. Just roll it off your back because it's just the price of doing business of having a um, you know star-level player on your roster. So BetOnline is bringing you today's podcast. BetOnline is the online sportbook expert. They have the best uh, odds, lines, props. They have articles for you to read, podcasts to listen to, previews to, to look at so you know who to bet on, when to bet on them, and, and, and how much money to put on there to, to kind of maximize your winnings. Uh, you can go bet on pro college basketball, uh, pro college football, and also MLB, NBA, uh, MMA, golf, you name it, boxing, everything you want to, esports even, martial arts. You can bet on uh, politics, soccer, the World Cup coming up, whatever you want to. You can bet on it, bet online, and you can bet on the Thunder game tonight. The Thunder are five-point underdogs at home in the Paycom Center tonight. So if you think they're going to beat, uh, if you think they're going to snap their losing streak, bet on the Thunder tonight uh, at the Paycom Center. So do it at BetOnline, BetOnline.net, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHunderPod. Email the show, LOTHunderPod at gmail.com. I want to thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. If you're a second listen, listen to the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast is bringing you the biggest stories around sports in 30 minutes or less going beyond the box score, behind the scenes for you, Lockdown Sports Today. So we talked about SGA and the growing frustration report, and it's just it's just irritating, honestly, to, to see these reports keep going out and then Raptor fans get get all uh, hunky dory on, on, on these reports. I just don't know what Raptor fans think that they can offer. Like Fred Van Vliet in a second round pick is not going to do it. Fred Van Vliet in a first round pick is not going to do it. Like the, the Raptors don't have anything to offer, and, and they're not going to offer offer Scotty Barnes. Clearly, that'd be that'd be silly of them to offer Scotty Barnes because that defeats the purpose of trading for Shea. They don't have anything to give. Like I know that they want SJ to go to Toronto, but. They just don't have any package that would be ideal unless they're just going to give every first-round pick that they have in existence. I don't know. It's just kind of wild to me to see how excited Raptors fans get specifically. Uh, But moving on to the OKC Blue, which I bring up only because um, Usman Jang is down there, Jalen Williams is down there, Eugenio Mori, Lindy Waters all played this week for the Blue. Uh, I was in the Pickham Center for like 12 hours on Wednesday and went up there yesterday as well to watch them play Thursday night. Uh, Both times against the Santa Cruz Warriors. Uh, The the Blue started out 2-0. They had a 28-point comeback win over G League Ignite, who they play twice next week in Paycom Center. If you want to go watch Scoot Henderson play in person, you can go down to the Paycom Center on Monday or on Wednesday and watch the Blue take on the Ignite and watch Scoot Henderson play the Blue. Uh, but 
Start at 1-0. Start at 2-0 after they blew out the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors on Wednesday. Usman Jang, Jalen Williams, Eugene Amore, and Lindy Waters all played in game one, and they all looked really good. Specifically, Usman Jang. Usman Jang scored 20 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. He shot very well from all three spots on the floor, you know, all three levels on the floor, and he looked smooth, he looked comfortable. He looked like a really good NBA player among G-leaguers, which sounds obvious, right? You traded three first-round picks and you drafted him 11th overall for for uh, Usman Jang. That's not the case for every guy you send down there. There's been plenty of guys who have gone to the blue and look average or look bad even um, in their stint with the blue. Usman Jing just took over the game and, and looked way too good. It was like whenever you send Josh Giddy this year to the Summer League, and Josh Giddy plays a couple of games in the Summer League, and you're like, wow, Josh Giddy is too good to be playing here. That's kind of the vibe that you got in the first game from Usman Jang of the G League. So he played really well and, and deserves a ton of credit. I thought that Jalen Williams played well in both games. The first game, uh, he had seven points, nine rebounds, eight assists, four steals, and a block. He shot 50% from the floor. Uh, the second uh, And the second game, he played better offensively. The second game, Jalen Williams was more assertive. He had 11 shots, scored 19 points, went one for three from three, a posterizing dunk, also had a steal, uh, six assists and seven rebounds. Jalen Williams is just loud, though. Like, watching Jalen Williams in person, sitting at the scores table and watching him throw down that jam was awesome. But watching him communicate defensively will give you a headache. Like, he's that loud. He's, he's that vocal about um, helping his teammates get aligned, get around screens, um, calling out orders, what he needs to do. And Cameron Woods talked about how special that is as, as somebody who anchors the defense and, and kind of at his position, how important it is that he's willing to be so vocal defensively. Uh, but I think that in this game, he was just more aggressive in night two. And in night two, Usman Jang also talked uh, a little trash to Patrick Baldwin Jr. after they after he scored on him down low. And the two kind of went back and forth a little bit all night in a fun way. They were smiling. Uh, they were kind of laughing at each other. Uh, I'm not sure if they had any previous relationship with each other, but they were kind of laughing it off and, and kind of talking uh, in good nature, talking trash and good nature to each other. But it was fun to watch those two go at it as well. Uh, Lindy Waters in game two made some really tough threes. He went five for a 13 from three, seven rebounds, six assists, and had a steal. Uh, I mentioned to see kind of what he looks like moving forward uh, at both levels. And then in game one, Eugene Marie played in game one, did not play in game two because Mark said he's going to play against the Raptors. And it'd be tough, of course, to ask him to play three straight games. That's why I don't think that you'll see Jalen Williams play tonight, even though he has been recalled. You just can't ask him to play three straight basketball games, I don't think. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see kind of what that looks like. But in game one of the two-game set, Eugene Murray, 27 points, four rebounds, two steals. Like, Eugene Murray was legit just bullying people, like just bullying them down low. Uh, And the... um, the Santa Cruz Warriors didn't have a ton of size. Um, they had Williams there that that was um, a good piece in the middle, but whenever he was off the floor, Eugene Amore could just bully whoever he wanted to uh, and, and get to the cup. Uh, Jemias Ramsey was really good also in these games. Uh, Ramsey, I still want to see him shoot the ball better and, and just shoot the ball more to see if he can do it. Uh, but he, he can get to the well at rim at that level and just score through contact and have some nice dunks as well. Uh, Ramsey, I wonder if he'll get a shot in the NBA or another shot anytime soon in the NBA with how well he's playing so far. But I'm really excited to see them play Scoot Henderson next week. The Thunder will be on the road. So I'm also, I'm, I'm also interested to see kind of how they handle the assignments because, you you know, whenever you're on the road with the Thunder and the Blue are in OKC, you can't just keep shuffling them back and forth whenever you're that far apart. They did that once with the 
Mavs game in Dallas, that's easier. It's like an hour and a half drive, whatever. They're going to be like in New York on the East Coast. Like they can't shuffle them back and forth. So I'm interested to see kind of who plays for the Blue on Monday and Wednesday whenever they take on Scoot Henderson and uh, Jadik Ignite and if they're going to leave Usman and if they're going to leave Jay Whale down there to take them on and uh, to, to kind of see how they match up against guys like uh, Scoot Henderson and uh, Miller and all those all those other guys said on Ignite. But it was fun to watch the blue team. They, they have a fun, scrappy bunch. Lost game two, uh, a much closer competitive game in game two. Game one against the Warriors, they won 124-102. to 102. But the blue play fast. They play uh, aggressive. They play just like the Thunder do. And, and that's kind of why uh, Mark said that he sends guys down to the blue because they, he knows that they're going to get those same principles and coaching styles and um, schemes as what they do with the Thunder. They're just getting more opportunity to do it than they have at the Thunder level. They don't have as much opportunity there to give these guys. So uh, it was fun to watch them play. Hopefully they play again next week against Ignite, uh, selfishly, but we'll see kind of how that all gets divvied up um, with the Blue and the Thunder next week. But coming up, let's talk about today's game against the Raptors. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan underscore styles on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter there at Hello Thunderpod on Twitter for the show. Hello Thunderpod at gmail.com for the email. And on today's show, we're talking yesterday. We're talking the blue. Now we're talking the Toronto Raptors preview for tonight's game in the Paycom Center in downtown Oklahoma City. Look, this game for the Thunder is important. Because the Raptors will have no Spicy P, no, no Pascal Siakam, no Precious Achua, no Kim Birch. The Thunder will be without Darius Baisley and Chet Holmgren, of course, with Chet Holmgren being out for the year. But Darius Baisley's out with an ankle sprain that he suffered against uh, the Bucks. And then Usman Jang, Lindy Waters, and Jalen Williams. Although Williams has been recalled to the, to the Thunder level already, I don't think that they can play three games in a row. And they all played decent minutes each game. It wasn't as though yesterday they didn't play a lot of minutes. They played a lot of minutes yesterday as well. And so I just don't think they can play three games in a row. And that's why Mark made it made it a point to say that Eugene wouldn't play on Thursday. That way you could play on Friday with the Thunder. And so with the players that are out for the for the Raptors, no Pascal Siakam, no Preston Chua, no Kim Birch. The Thunder should be able to score inside. Easier, of course, than if they were going to play. And so I want to see if the Thunder can snap their four-game losing streak. The Raptors are 7-5 and five overall, but they're 2-4 and four on the road and 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. The Thunder saw a huge breakout, or, or bounce back, I should say, from Josh Giddy and Trey Mann. Can they both continue to build upon that in this game? Uh, I'm sorry, to say Josh Giddy and, Josh Giddy and Trey Mann. SGA looked incredible against Toronto always. Like he always plays well against Toronto, mainly, of course, in Toronto, playing well there 
Uh, but Nick Nurse is a special coach. Kind of how does he balance these two, you know, th- this matchup whenever it can key in on SGA and game plan for SGA. And if you're going to the game tonight, the Thunder are debuting their new uniforms. Their new city uniforms that are black with uh, like blue lettering with, let's say, Thunder and the number uh, pattern is still the same. And then down the side, there's a, a, a blue stripe and an orange stripe down the side. So you can check those out tonight in person or on television, Bali Sports, and see if you like them. Uh, they, they've had a lot of good city editions in the past. I really like the, uh, the teal ones. I like the Oklahoma City Memorial ones. I like um, I like last year's, the white ones with the core looked awesome. Uh, I've liked a lot of the ones. I even like the NASCAR ones. They kind of grew on me a little bit. Uh, but these ones, I, I want to see them in person. Uh, I, I don't want to judge them off of a picture. Um, I would have liked a little bit more added to them, to be honest with you. I would like a little bit more like a design pattern, like maybe the skyline on them or just something, you know, just added besides looking so um, standard. But in person, they could just blow me away, as I mentioned before. Like the, the the ones last year, the white ones with the court. On the picture, I was like, ah, eh. on the picture, I was just kind of mediocre about them like I am kind of this year. But in person, I was, you know, whenever I saw them on the court, on TV and whatever, I was like, okay, these, these are way better than I thought. So I'm interested to see kind of what the opinion is after tonight's game from people that go to the game and, and see them. And uh, we're going to recap it all after the game's over with on this very podcast. So you're going to get a podcast in a few hours from now recapping the Raptors game. So tune in for that as well. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Subscribe on YouTube for free. It's all free. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.